I chop it at 29 minutes. Like we only get on Zoom for 29 minutes. So I have a slight morsel of an idea that I think could last 29 minutes. But tonight we're going to go for like... It's NASA trivia, right? Just tell us now. (laughs) (laughs) We're a sitcom now, everybody. We're going from being a a drama to a sitcom. It's it's perfect. Season four, we're all like... We're all famous and tanned from being a hit show. Yeah, that's and now right. it's all now we're gonna all start sleeping with each other. That'll be great. <laughs> It'll be a great episode. Fifty years of music with fifty year old white guys. Jazzed up. It's San Francisco night, Jeff Simons. How about I, that? I mean, it's all it's all coming together. Welcome to 50 Years of Music with 50-year-old white guys on the Electricast Podcast Network. We are winding down season three, and we are coming to you from San Francisco, California. Not really. Well, kind of really. Kind of really. Um, kind of really. Jeff, you're actually out there. I am seven miles from San Francisco currently, sitting in my office at work in luscious Marin County. Awesome. Bed Barton, how far away are you from San Francisco right now? I don't know. What do you uh, 3,500 miles? No, not that far. 2,800, I think. Well, you're, Timmy, you're like another 120, yeah. past me, whatever it is. <laughs> That's right. But Ben, both of us feel a kinship there because both of us left our hearts in San Francisco, did we not? No. First okay. of all, I'm hoping uh, India's been listening to the podcast and she's like, Jeff hates you. And those oh. songs suck. He's just punishing you with his selections week after week. <laughs> the, the equivalent of Danny Boy would be Left My Heart in San Francisco. So I'm very hopeful. <laughs> I hope that's the one we're going to get. We built You are 2,481 miles from San Francisco. Nice. Wow. Look at you even putting it up in the Zoom. Wow. We're professionals yeah. winding down season three. Well, uh, <laughs> Before we get to that, Jeff Simons, you had a gig recently, and I did. You released a new song on Electricast Records. Could I you did both of those things. But before we talk them. about those, Uh-oh. I think I have to. Um, before we talk about those, I think I have to apologize for my microphone in the last episode because <laughs> uh, I didn't have the fancy mic, and I thought we could get away with just the Zoom, and I was a little crackly. And I would like to apologize to my dad. Okay, who just Good let course. me have it. Like really did not appreciate the quality of the audio in the yeah, last episode. So there were Dad, few... I hope I'm coming yeah. through a little louder, a little clearer. This one's for you, brother. There were a few <laughs> fans uh, who noted you. You know what? It, it's actually a good thing, Jeff, because what they want is more Jeff in their no, life. No, it's a way of telling whether people are actually listening to the damn thing. <laughs> I mean, that's. That's what I felt great about. It's like, oh my God, they have an opinion. That means they were actually... <laughs> Let's go. Yeah, so I played a great gig at this place, Baltic Kiss in uh-huh. uh, Point Richmond. I opened with a full band for this guy, Frankie Jupiter. And then I sat in all night on bass with him, which was unbelievably fun. We had so much fun. We're doing it again. Uh, okay. Doing a triple bill with me, Frankie, and Matt Jaffe. Thursday, February 22nd at the Ivy Room, which is my local watering hole. Uh, oh. which I can walk to from my house. So 
Great. How old is Matt Jaffe these days? Is he 25? Uh, late 20s, I think. Late 20s, somewhere in there. But, yeah. but going, going strong. Like, love his music. Um, yeah, he's and- actually playing uh, He's playing guitar in my set. He's in the band for me that nice. night. Oh, so nice. that was super fun. Yeah. The student has been. And I'm actually going to play drums for him on his last three numbers. So we'll see how that goes. <laughs> it's going to be it's going to be fun. I'm going to play drums and bass and keys. It's it's uh it'll be uh I'll be busy up there. It's going to be great. Hey, and can nice. you give us uh you know this is San Francisco, so go ahead. You are our um, artist of the city, artist of the week. Can you oh, play th- thirty sec play thirty seconds of your new song for us? Oh really? Okay, I did not have that queued up. But, I know. Uh, I'm sorry. Throwing you. All for right, a loop. here I'll uh I'll just jump to that. Jeez, I don't know if I have a copy of it. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Here, I'll jump to, I'll jump to the middle somewhere. driving beat you sound like you're um living on the edge right there and your <laughs> end of your rope as it were i am at the top of my vocal range the outtakes of this are pretty hilarious when my voice cracks or like uh-huh. i had a couple of really quality uh duran duran squeaks by the end of that session but uh that's yeah, cool. no, it's uh it's about uh gun violence in America and uh hopefully it's not too uh proselytizing and annoying, but I uh there was just one event too many. I've been yep. I've had the, like versions of the song in the can for a while and I just decided to hell with it and put it out. So good. We'll see. Good stuff. See if I yeah. end up on anybody's uh angry website. I look forward to that. Um yeah, no, I, I love it, and uh, and I love the fact that your your music is getting more and more plays on Spotify. Go Jeff Simons, go San Francisco, um, and and I will say, as um, as as just an observation, it seems like here in season three, there's been less NBA talk than in previous seasons. Ah, uh, I, I, I did, wonder. By the way- it's a mystery to me. The Knicks are fantastic. It's their best the Knicks are, since, by the way, their best fantastic. year since the since the last century. <laughs> and uh, the Warrior Sockets. So all of a sudden, we don't talk about the NBA anymore. That's weird. That's on y'all. I'll talk about your wonderful teams as much as you want. Good stuff. Yeah, I don't know what's wrong with Golden State, man. It's just not happening. That's a whole separate podcast, and all it's right. very sad. 
if you're a Warriors fan. Okay. Well, and, you guys uh, looks have like had we a... did nothing at the trade deadline either. So yeah. that's a bummer. It was a good run. Hey, it is uh what our second to last podcast of season three. There's a big question mark, but I want you guys to know I have an idea for season four. And the number one rule of season four is I chop it at 29 minutes. Like we only get on Zoom for 29 minutes. So I have a slight morsel of an idea that I think could last 29 minutes. But tonight we're going to go for like it's NASA trivia, right? Just tell us. now. (laughs) (laughs) We're a sitcom now, everybody. We're going from being a a drama to a sitcom. It's it's perfect. Season four. We're all like. We're all famous and tanned from being a hit show. Yeah, that's and now right. it's all now we're gonna all start sleeping with each other. That'll be great. <laughs> That'll be a great episode. All right. Well, <laughs> we are arriving in San Francisco on our musical road trip. Jeff's already there. He is at the airport humming this song from Otis Redding. I'll be sitting in watching the ships roll in, then I'll watch them roll away again, yeah. I'm sitting on the dock of the bay, watching the tide. What that, I mean, that, thank God you went to that line. When he sings, I left my home in Georgia. I, I mean, is that the most beautifully sung line in music? I mean, that he crushes that line. That's great. It's, it's gorgeous. And also, it sets up a whole generation of people who think people call the city Frisco, which nobody does, <laughs> which is also, that's kind of fun. Uh, I tr- in the in the torture basement. I tried to avoid it, but I had to include one. Uh, so you got one Frisco coming up in the torture. Awesome. Basement. Prepare yourself. Yeah, you don't call it San Fran. You don't call it Frisco. It's San Francisco, and they're a little, uh, a little biting about that. Well, it's the city more than anything. Uh, it wasn't when you, I was. You there. just call it the city, and all uh-huh. other cities need to be named, but the city is self-explanatory. So. All right. All right. We got a little competition here. Uh, crack your knuckles, stretch your hamstrings. It is Ben versus Jeff. We're playing categories, songs that feature whistling. And whoever runs out of song titles that feature r- r- whistling, uh, you are the loser. Uh, ben, you get to go first. Talking the bass guy whistling, right? Mm hmm. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. That's why we're having this conversation because he yeah. ends. Okay, well, I'm counting that because I. Right. Okay. I'll go with the Dukes of Hazard theme at the end. He whistles the little. Wait, are you whistling? Well, you right went now? silent there. There's no <laughs> whistling in that song. What are you even talking about? Do you, not, do you not know how to whistle? What just happened? I'm not a very good whistler. Okay, then I'll pick the song from Robin Hood that the rooster sings in the Disney cartoon. That's got he whistles in that. Okay. Ben, back to you. 
I have no idea what Jeff was talking about. That's it's, extra cheated. <laughs> it's something from his one? childhood. I'm going to choose the one. <laughs> I'm going to choose the one for the Fox and the Hounds, where the hound whistles <laughs> at the end in the song about running over the woods. You remember that, that one, one, Jeff? Oh, you don't remember that one? Because he whistles. That's all I have to say about that. How about Sissy Neck by Beck? That starts with the whistle. You cannot whistle at all. Viewers who are well. not here, I know this is a radio platform, but our brother is just cupping his mouth and going. Wonder, you can't hear that? I, I can hear Mike, it. First this of all, I'm going to stop guessing and declare up. victory. This, I was going to declare victory because Jeff can't whistle. I can't name any more songs, but I win. Jeff can't whistle. It's true. Oh, I have wanted to whistle my whole life, and I can barely get like three little tones I... out. I had no idea that this would uh, <laughs> reveal so much. My God. All right. Nice way, that was That was very cruel, Timmy. I, next I, next I, week, I, we'll have I, Joe Biden on and we'll do songs with stuttering. <laughs> That's going to be the next thing we do. <laughs> oh, boy. Um, hey, there is an honorable mention for a rival song. And I know Ben is going to hate this song. But when we took the kids out to California... We flew into L.A., hit seven national parks, went to visit Jeff, stayed with Jeff, came all the way back down the coast. This was one of the songs in our California mix that the kids loved. You didn't send me another song. I love you trying to set me up. You didn't give me an alternate arrival song. Shit, you're right. I didn't. It's uh, Scott McKenzie. (laughs) If you're going to San Francisco. Oh, yeah, you did give me that one. Oh, I did. Non-whistler. I think he assumed you were joking. I think I assumed you were joking. If you're going to San Francisco, can I stop now? That's, that's 1967. That Scott was like an attempt to glom on to the flower power summer of love action. And it worked. Sure. It went to number one. Yeah. What a huge attempt hit. To glom Does he have on. any other songs? Scott McKenzie? No. no. My favorite thing is the album is called The Songs of Scott McKenzie. And uh, <laughs> I can't name a second one. Well, dude, he needed to clarify as opposed to the single, which you might yeah. prefer to own. <laughs> This is the song of San Francisco. Yeah. If you're going to San Francisco, be sure to wear flowers in your hair, man, because that is the scene in Haight-Ashbury. Jeff Simons, can you define for us the San Francisco sound of this era? Of that 60s era? Yes. I mean, the the one that certainly, like, kickstarts a national, like... uh, idea of san francisco is the kind of psychedelic ballroom concerts of the fillmore district uh this guy bill graham was a was a promoter he was promoting of uh of all things the san francisco mime troupe and he bought a rundown uh <laughs> building and called it the avalon ballroom and started hosting like kind of be-ins people get high and they have bands playing all night but he basically invents the modern rock concert because up until like 1966, when a band played, they played for 25 minutes. Like the longest set the Beatles ever played was 28 minutes. 
It was in San oh. Francisco where they're like, let's let people play for an hour and a half and let's let them stretch out. And we can bring the improv from a jazz club and bring it to a place where people just want something in the background that they can like groove to all night. And so the scene that emerges around the Haight-Ashbury neighborhood and the, and the ballrooms of San Francisco is uh, a kind of a new kind of uh, live performance first, uh, studio recording second yeah. series of bands who can play for a really long time. Uh, the ones that you may not have heard of are like Quicksilver Messenger Service and Moby Grape. And the ones you have heard of for sure are Jefferson Airplane and the, the kings of the scene, the Grateful Dead. Um, yeah. But by the time the Grateful Dead are touring the country and playing three hour concerts, it ups the game and requires a kind of a completely different approach. When the Stones tour America in 1966, they play 25 minute sets. When they come back in 69, they bring their own PA with them and they've got an 80 minute set because there are these new expectations uh, from audiences that we're going to get to see uh, the whole the whole Megillah. And that really yeah. starts in San Francisco. Wow. Fascinating stuff. Um, can I play a little word association with you and Ben? I'm going to say a word, a first thing that comes to your mind. Okay. So so you mentioned uh this place in, in your in your talk there. Uh what's the first thing that comes to mind when you think of the Fillmore? Oh, that's a great one. There's so many great live albums for the Fillmore. I mean, I would do live at the Fillmore would be what comes to mind. I can't, I couldn't choose. I mean, the, the Allman Brothers, is that Fillmore East or Fillmore West? That's East, but there's that incredible Aretha record. Yeah, the Aretha Fillmore one. West. Dude, I'm going to mention that there's a live at the Fillmore West Chuck Berry album. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, there is. All right. Good, good, good. Uh, Jefferson Airplane. We built uh, this city. <laughs> we built this city on rock and How roll. dare you? That is Starship. No, um, the Jefferson Airplane lived them. at at twenty four hundred Fulton Street, and when I first moved to San Francisco, you could you could still see like the house still had the columns in the front that they had been painted psychedelic by the band. I think of Grace Slick's crazy drunken rant with the pistol when the police came to her house to tell her to turn the music down in nineteen ninety two. Wow, that's my Grace Slick okay. go to moment. Um, all right, continuing on, Amoeba Music. Uh, where my children's uh, retirement money went. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's my favorite record store. The one in LA is amazing as well, but the Amoeba on San Francisco was the place you could you could go and almost guarantee that you'd find what you were looking for. They they there were in the late nineties. If there was a copy of it in the world, they probably had one. It's pretty incredible. Jeff, yeah. the cover of the DJ Shadow record introducing, that's guys at Amoeba, right? That's actually Amoeba Records. I think it's either that or it's the um the great used record store in Sacramento. Like it's called like Wax Tracks or something like that. I don't know. It's one of those two though, for sure. Um, so I remember living right there in Haight Ashbury and going to uh escape from New York Pizza, grabbing a slice and heading down to Amoeba Music. Uh, ben, you'll love this. My brother moved out there first. So this is in 90, gosh, 95, I guess. I move out there, join him. But he tells the story of being out there a few months. And whenever he walks along Haight-Ashbury, kids come up to him like, buds, buds, buds. And my brother, after a month of people saying buds, finally he's like, 
I'm sorry. Excuse me. Like you, you said buds. What do you, what do you mean? <laughs> of course, the guy is trying to make a low key drug deal, and my brother is totally oblivious. And uh, the kid looks at Pat and he says, "What planet are you from?" <laughs> and, did, and then just kept walking. Like, all right, good talk, good talk. Uh, <laughs> lovely area of San Francisco. Um, I want to keep going. Uh, Great American Music Hall. Uh, Jeff's played that multiple times. I've seen him. Yeah, that's my. That's, that's one times. of the bigger places I've ever played. I played there. I counted. It's it's over a dozen times now that I played the music hall. It's just the greatest. Um, I saw so many incredible shows at the Great American. I can't even count. Like, but yeah, that's in a beautiful old Great venue, like pre-earthquake venue with chandeliers. It holds about six hundred and fifty people. It's got a ornate balcony. Um, and the sound is, they put in a new sound system a couple years ago. The sound is fantastic now. Like you can okay. really hear the band, but I love, I love that theater. Right, Robin nice. Williams's first comedy special was filmed in the great American. Okay. The one where he's running around the audience doing the Shakespeare, uh, improv. That's the great American music hall. So you love, uh, you know, you get on Wikipedia, you look for people from San Francisco or people associated with San Francisco. And, um, uh, I love that they have Van Morrison. It's like, really? I, yeah. You're going to have San Francisco claim Van Morrison. Yeah. Oh, he but- lived in, uh, San Anselmo, Marin County for years. And his daughter lives here. Shauna's been in the Bay area music scene forever. Like everybody I know, including me has at least been in a rehearsal studio with Shauna Morrison <laughs> at least once. Wow. Uh, and he lived, he used to play pickup shows at this place called the Inn at the beginning in Katati and and in a place in Fairfax. And part of the live record, it's too late to stop now, is recorded at a bar like smaller than your than your living room in okay. uh, San Anselmo. Well, I wanted so. to um I wanted to also have you guys get together um before the torture basement, because I know you guys are gonna be a team for the torture basement. I wonder if you could be a team for me as far as trip advisors, top five recommendations of things to do in San Francisco. So we have a a person who's lived there for the last 30 years and a person who uh, once loved the city and now has beef uh, with the whole area. So so I think this is a good, dynamic uh, one-two punch. I am going to give you one minute on the clock to come up with the top five things to do in San Francisco on your mark. Wait, no, 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 don't start the clock. We're naming what TripAdvisor thinks or we're naming what we think? Sorry, what TripAdvisor thinks. Excellent oh. clarification. So talk amongst yourselves. Go. That dumb squiggly street, that's Lombard Street, right? Lombard Street. That's definitely uh, on there. And then the so pier that's got the seals next to it. 39. That yeah, that'll pier be 39. Or, or Fisherman's Wharf, one of those two. Oh, that's what I meant. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I think uh, Alcatraz is probably on there. Right. Uh, let's go Golden Gate. Yep. Golden Gate Bridge. I think uh, Pac Bell Park uh, for a Giants game might be on the list. You have What's... four out of five. You do have Alcatraz at number one, Golden Gate Bridge at number two, Pier 39 at number four, and Lombard Street, which you guys once made fun of me on this podcast for going there. You did a little yokel voice, and I did not appreciate that. Very happy to make fun of you again, Tim. 
If you if you were requesting that, it's available. So probably Hate Ashbury is number three, then, right? To go to the corner of Hate and Ashbury and get ice cream. No, that is incorrect. This does not bode well for the torture basement. One minute is up. Cable cars, gentlemen. Cable no. cars. Okay. I like... love that everybody thinks that's great. You know what they call cable cars in other places? Buses. <laughs> Does Trip Advice you say that one of the top things you should do in New York is ride the bus? <laughs> it's just a shitty bus. That's what it is. On a very related topic, uh, and I won't say who it was, Indy and I are, um, I guess, out to dinner with a couple and the guys like, uh, hey, uh, India, I had some really good ideas about public transit. And then he's like, oh, this is going to be fantastic. I can't wait to hear this guy's ideas about public transit. <laughs> so he's like, um, you know, if you've been to San Francisco, like the, the trolleys are really, really popular. And Indy was like, yeah, but that's because they still have the, 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 the rails. Like we couldn't lay rails and have trolleys in Knoxville. And he's like, no, 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 of course you wouldn't have a trolley. I'm talking about a trolley without the rails. She was like, that's a bus. Next topic. <laughs> <laughs> Cover she that has my vote for life. very quickly that is why she's the mayor all right well let's go to the torture basement this is the oh. san francisco compilation you know if i could open up to you guys real quick i mean jeff opened up earlier about the whole whistling thing i will say that when i came up with the idea of of recording little snippets of songs that mentioned places when we first started this season. I loved the idea. And I know Ben, you were super excited about it and yes. it's lovely little uh, mainstay for season three, but I will say it began to, to drag. It began to be a, a, a real chore. And then today I sat there thinking, I'm not going to be doing this soon. We're running out of places to go. There's no like compilation I could put together for Des Moines. Like this is this is it. It's running out, Aww. and I it was really kind of bittersweet to know that this time in my life of finding songs um, that mention the place and then giggling to myself about what your <laughs> reaction to a particular artist is going to be. Or like when, when it's like something awful or something you can't get. I was like, I'm going to miss this. And so instead of 15 songs, I I, I think I, I think I got one extra. I got 16 songs coming your way. And I always okay. I always challenge you guys. Um, I'd love for you to get 12 out of 16. But you know what, listeners? Let's talk to you. Sure, you don't have the same maniacal. Uh, approach to music as these two gentlemen but gosh darn it i want you to get eight out of 16 i want you batting 500 and then you the listeners will escape the torture basement as well let's go okay here we go torture basement or san francisco Beautiful, and so is their city. What it means to be American. Well, I told 
diesel gas in San Francisco. Sold his apartment before they made him move. Then he jumped straight into the San Francisco Bay. It was raining hard. <laughs> Heading out to San Francisco With his back against the San Francisco traffic And then she begins, she sings I like to go to San Francisco My mind's made up San Francisco's calling us, the Giants and Mets will play. Piazza New York, catch your eye, you straight or are you gay? I can't believe you know this. I'm so upset. I got you on that last one. Wow. I mean, that's that's some good songs coming out of San Francisco, or at least mentioning San Francisco. We're going to unpack it in just a moment, but first we got a commercial for you. All right. We're back. (laughs) I I wonder if um, 13 out of 16 was too generous, but I'm feeling feeling generous here at the end of season three. No, there's a bunch I don't know. Oh I really? Don't, I don't. Okay. I think I have like eleven. But so. you had you had two that I did not think you were going to get. So I'm bummed about that. Ben, how are you doing on this one? Oh, mixed. Muted. I'll put myself at mixed. Mixed. Okay. Yeah. And hopefully just we'll do them one at a time, right? So people at home can yeah. keep their own tally. Right. Hopefully, people at home have pulled over and written yeah. down their, their guesses. Here we go. Here we go. This is Eric Burden's San Francisco Nights, I believe. Is that his name? What it means to be American. This I don't know. This is Mac Miller. Thank you. Correct. This is Ryan Adams. Is it 
is indeed Ryan Adams. Then he Strawberry wine, I believe. Straight into the San Francisco Bay. Can we pause real quick, it Jeff Simons? <laughs> sorry, sorry, Harry. Um, and that is Harry Chapin's Taxi, by the way. One of the most hilarious songs ever it's... written. I love that you put that in there. She said, Harry, keep the change. Um, who, who did you say <laughs> San Francisco Knights were by? San Francisco Knights? It's Eric Burden and the Animals. That's or right. Eric okay. Burden or somebody. Awesome. Awesome. Eric Burden and the Animals is correct. So are you guys three for three, four for four with four Harry Chapin? Four for Chapin? four. Wow. All right. Let's hit it. Okay. God in Frisco. <laughs> Heading out to San Francisco. I have a guess. It's a bad guess. I mean, it I sounds like James Taylor, but I, I don't think it's James it Taylor. Him. That's what I was going to say. Holy shit. Come Monday by Jimmy Buffett. It's his best oh song. Oh my God, it's Jimmy you Buffett. You miss Jimmy Buffett? Come Monday? I actually don't. I feel right. fine about that. Oh, I, I am in shock right now. Yeah. <laughs> pass i feel fine about missing jimmy buffett come on day it'll be all right all right go ahead this is dawes dawes is correct I that one yeah love this song this is jill sovial really impressive fold just this is some schmuck i have no idea I do, I do not like that. What's the name of the Walking in Memphis guy? That's my guess. Oh, Mark uh, Cohn. Mark Cohn. Mark Cohn. So that uh, was a former member of One Direction, Niall Horan. He's the guy that I think would be perfect in the role of Mickey in my screenplay, The O'Hare Family. Oh, well, then he's show. great. Yes, he's great. Um, if you're Niall Horan's representation, I, I want him in my movie. Uh, by the way, bad news. Uh, three Irish movie production companies passed on the script, but a Canadian production company is interested. We're going to have a Zoom with them next week. You put that thing in Nova Scotia and squint your eyes. That's Ireland, brothers. Let's no go. No problem yeah. there. Oh, yeah. <laughs> That's exciting. Yeah, I'm excited. There we go. Where you go. I love how you bury the lead. Like, that's the lead. I, I, let's have the Zoom first. Yeah. All right, keep going. I'm walking with a living. I always like Steinbeck. Oh, I know this one. You do? No. Yeah. Vanessa Carlton. Oh, my. You get that. Freaking yes, Lord. it is. Dude. How did you get that? <laughs> my <laughs> knowledge of those wimpy gals. <laughs> I know they're backwards and forwards. Like you, that is you amazing. listen to that, that album. So good. How did you? All I know is that I know who Vanessa Carlton is. And then when you said the Steinbeck thing, I was like, oh, yeah, I know that one. That's amazing. I cannot believe like the two that stumped Jeff. Ben's like, oh, yeah, Mac Miller, Vanessa Carlton. Dude, we're well, going to we're going to do great now because I'm pretty close to running the table from here. All right. We're at seven. Counting Crows. Oh, I did this one too, yeah. San Francisco's Mel and Sebastian. Yes. 
had that one too. Are you feeling sinister? Yep. Yeah. Replacements. Left to the die. Yeah, I did that one for you, Jeff. I need. I appreciate face. that, brother. Arctic monkeys. Did you have that one, Ben? I'm guess my only guess is like Stone Temple Pilots or that awful band that Stone Temple Pilots became, which is like talk show or something like that. What do you got, Benny? Um, I thought I heard a hint of David Bowie at the very end. You did. You definitely so tin, a, could it be Tin Machine? It it's is not Tin Machine. You heard a hint of an accent. That's for sure. Uh, just that, tell us, Timmy. That is late period Deep Purple. Oh, yes. That would have been a minute before we came up with that. <laughs> I don't think I ever would have gotten that. There's late, there's late period Deep Purple? I'm assuming. God, uh, that's crazy. Yeah. And then we got it from here. So. All right. This is Buddy Guy. It is. Oh, yeah. But you know right here. Hello, San Francisco. <laughs> Oh, All right. Dude, I added the solo. The solo was so BBK. Oh, Joe, Jeff, don't give away the last one. I want to see if Ben has it. Ben won't get this if this whole family's life depends on it. Oh, this is the last one. I'm supposed to get that. Is that yeah. fish? Yeah. It, it, it's Trey. His solo record. All it's right. a Trey Anastasio solo song. Yeah. Oh, you guys crushed the torture basement this week. Nice job. There were new, no shortage of songs. Oh, my gosh. People like dropping San Francisco uh, in their lyrics. Actually, we just got it, I think. Right? I thought you we got to... 13. We missed three. Oh, you're right. You got 13. What? Well, what, you're supposed to get 12? You said we had to get 13. You got all cranky at the end because uh... it was the last one. <laughs> You did very well. You're out. and I don't feel bad about those misses. Well. The Jimmy Buffett, Niall Horan, late period, deep purple pushes even my the limits of my <laughs> insanity. <laughs> By the way, I'm looking it up now, and it, I know Vanessa Carlton because the girls liked her. That yeah. Must be, wow. I know that. Yeah, it must be. I, I literally was like, how did I know that? <laughs> <laughs> That's a great well, poll, dude. Well, she's got the one... Awesome song. I can't name another song by her. I think the girls must have liked her enough where I heard multiple Vanessa Yeah, Collins right. Um, all right. Well, I want to move on right now to a little uh, trivia. We haven't talked about San Francisco's population. Uh, geography has been the Achilles heel of Jeff Simons uh, for a number of yep. years now. Uh, but I am feeling good because now we're on his home turf, Ben Barton. He's been yes. there a long time. Certainly, he's going to be closest to the pin when it comes to the city, not metro, city population of San Francisco. Jeff Simons. 811,000. Okay. Ben Barton? Do I get to do higher, lower, or what do I have to do? I think it's closest to the pin. I need a number. Give me the number again, Jeff. 811. 811,001. 
the population of the city of San Francisco is 873,000. Uh, um, so Ben is closest yeah. to the spin. He's a dink, though. <laughs> Due to my dedication to cheating. Good job by me. Uh, all right, Ben, you get to go first with the metro area. And Jeff will have the advantage of going second. Closest to the pin, Metro San Francisco. This is really hard. I don't even know, like, uh, the like the megalopolis goes all the way to Sacramento. I'm vamping. I'm going to say four and a half million. Uh, four and a half million minus one. Four point six million. Oh, really? We're that big? Wow. <laughs> Just. <laughs> that include, that must include... Oakland, San Jose. Oh, yeah. Down. Yeah, the, the metro whole, area goes all the way down. The yeah. whole thing. Yeah. You know, we don't include San Jose in the Bay Area if you're not in San Jose. One of those, like, one of those dickish things about here. Like, San, San Jose people are like, I live in the Bay Area. And we're like, no, you no, don't. No, you don't. <laughs> but you do count Silicon Valley, right? Yeah, but that's just yeah. I mean, I think it stops at the exactly Apple the headquarters. same distance to San Francisco. You're just no, like, I know. No, San, San Jose is right there. Not invited. The cool yeah, people in Silicon true, Valley. It's really like... Totally invited. <laughs> totally right. That's totally correct. <laughs> I, I feel Ben's getting warmed up for what comes later. Uh, okay. Um, humans arrived in the Bay Area. We've got archaeological evidence all the way back to what year, Ben Barton? Oh, okay. Um I don't even know when humans came to the the. I mean, you, we're talking native people, so I don't even know right. when they came. Like, I'm going to say uh, 2600 BC, 3000 BC. That's really good, Ben. That's good. Very pleased the, with myself. I, I'm not sure how to pronounce the uh, the Olone uh, people. Ohlone, the Ohlone. Ohlone. Little land acknowledgement quickly. Uh, Jeff Simons. Uh, when did the Spanish arrive? Uh not really sure, actually, to be honest. 1500, 1580, 1590, Drake's Bay? 1769. They actually come overland first and realize, look at that Wait, bay. Drake is in Drake's Bay before 1700s. That's incorrect. That's a failed colony, but he's there in the 1590s. Ben Barton, we go to you for uh, confirmation. You look it up to me. That can't be right, though, because how the hell did he get there? He sailed all the way around South America with other 1580. people? 1580. On September twenty sixth, fifteen eighty. Yeah, but so doesn't, he also, sail, doesn't he sail? Doesn't he sail past not Spanish? He's not Spanish. Timmy asked the Spanish got there. <laughs> okay. That's cheating, though. That's cheating. He 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 was part Spanish on his mother's side, Jeff. Um, and the United States takes over. I'm sorry, Mexico takes over in eighteen twenty one. The United States takes over in eighteen forty six in the midst of the U.S. Mexico War. The population, Jeff Simons, in 1848 of San Francisco was 1,000. Yeah. In 1850, it is 25,000. What happened to account for such a jump? Uh, Bugs Bunny discovers gold and then there hills and the Yosemite Sams of this world want some. Uh-huh. Um, it's actually the the founding of the Rice Aroni Company, apparently. They hired I thought I'm disappointed that was not in the uh in the torture basement i thought that we were gonna get the rice roomy theme song hilarious yeah or i did have um streets of san francisco for a minute and then i had to it was too many songs i had to get it yeah out. 
Um, all right. Well, I want to go to our favorite son. We've chosen the Grateful Dead. I actually don't know if they are the most uh, popular artists as far as sales, but I think probably not. They, I think they probably claim it just as far as like longevity. Um, I mean, of, I'm sure they sell their more stamp. concert tickets. Yeah, and right. Any... Putting that putting their stamp on that area. Um, so, Jeff, I'll turn it over to you. What What do you got to say about the Grateful Dead? So, the Grateful Dead is a divisive band. There, are, obviously, there's a micro group of people that call themselves Deadheads, who yeah. pretty much only listen to the Dead, um, and have only been listening to the Dead for a long time. There are people who hate the Grateful Dead. Their favorite joke is, "What does a Deadhead say when the drugs wear off?" And the answer is, "Oh, this band sucks." Um, and uh, I'm Clever. in the middle. There are dead. There is. There are years of the dead that I really, really enjoy, and I definitely have enough knowledge to hang with the weirdest deadhead. Like I can rip off important show dates, and I've got hard opinions about 1969 versus 1972. Um, and I've I've listened to the dead for for hundreds and hundreds, if not thousands of hours. And I can admit that there are nights when they sound absolutely dreadful. Um, and the first time I was old enough to see the dead was already after their golden period. There's a whole generation of deadheads our age that want to claim that the dead had this amazing resurgence from like 89 to 90 and played some of the most important shows in the band's history. And they are wrong. They are wrong Oh. I went back and checked those things out. They yeah. they sound tired. And, uh, and of course, I moved to San Francisco, got in the music community. I'm surrounded by deadheads, and Jerry dies three years after I arrive. And Jerry's death was a seismic event in the city and in the, the kind of creation of the scene. But I would say there's three different Grateful Deads. There's the early freak-out psychedelic dead that peaks in, like, 1969. Then there's jazzy, okay. fusiony, groovy dead that's like peaks in 72 and 73. And then there's like weird version of dance band dead that has its peak like 77 to 79. So I'm going to play dance? a little bit of each three. Dance band, huh? Yes, okay, because I don't, I don't no, shake down street, oh, when you think right. of a Grateful Dead concert you think of all the twirlers right you think of all these people who appear to have no rhythm finding <laughs> rhythm it's because the dead by the late 70s had kind of figured out this kind of heartbeat pulse that no matter as long as they kept that the audience was with them and they became this very weird kind of like boogie band for a very small subset of americans but you'll okay. you'll hear the difference i think so here i'm going to play a, uh, a little bit of a song from a live record called Live Dead, which was recorded where? At the Fillmore yeah, in 1969. Um, and this is Pigpen, uh, the keyboard organist slash lead singer who is, will be dead in a few years after this, turning an old blues number into a classic Grateful Dead kind of psychedelic mayhem thing. It's called Turn On Your Love Light. Baby, I tore it apart 
go on for another 15 or 20 minutes okay like, with that intensity the dead smooth it out a little bit from like 72 73 74 they drop one of their two drummers uh mickey hart and bill kreutzman takes over by himself and they become a band that uh has a slightly softer touch they still have some of those kind of grooving bluesy numbers but they also start to experiment with this kind of floatier groove that um has a, has as much to do with like sonic soundscape as it does like uh old the old kind of blues and jug numbers that they cut their name on so there's a ton of songs from this period uh that would do it like eyes of the world or mississippi hap stuff my favorite is a song called bird song and i'm just going to play you a little bit so now we're we've moved forward three years pig pen has passed away and mickey hart's been fired so now it's just a five piece and so there's more space for everybody. So things are a little looser, but they're they're decidedly more uh, experimental and instrumental in nature. So here we go. Okay. That's my equivalent of Ben's in a silent way. I I could listen to that kind of Grateful Dead really? shit all day. Oh. Like it's just for me. It's just like like I just take pick one wow. instrument and follow it for a minute, and then I pick another instrument and follow it. Like I could listen to Phil Lesh pick random notes for a couple of hours, and then switch over to Jerry and switch back. Like there's a period where the Dead is. It's just this kind of like exploratory, in no hurry conversation. Um, but they tighten it up by the late seventies. Like they discover, they discover disco, which Let's is go. hilarious in its own right. But this is like what the dead sound like in the third act of their career. And this is, this is them at their best. So this is what I mean by like becoming kind of a dance band for this kind of twirling circus that follows them. Um, and then, and the sets became much more predictable, like a Jerry song, a Bobby song, a Jerry song, a Bobby song, one that gets stretched out, uh, an old hit, set break. And then set two would go Jerry, Bob, Jerry, Bob, and then into some kind of 
groovy space drums thing and then back out but this is okay this is um this is estimated profit which is in the which is in seven four time which you know like there are just not many bands who could have a hit with their crowd that's in a bizarro time signature but this here this will give you an idea of the sound they kind of settled in on through their retirement As long as you have that pulse, people can spin in a circle to it. So they just they just identified <laughs> like, we'll just keep this going and then we can float and kind of loop around it. And I think that's where all the hands and the dancing and the twirling came from, because they just keep there's a pulse beat to a Grateful Dead concert. And then everybody else is kind of snaking in and around it. So on a good night, they lock into some some music that doesn't sound like any other band. And that's a compliment. And on a bad night, it all falls apart and they're not listening to each other and they sound worse than than the average bar band. Is there like never be another band like this? I think like all jam bands now have a musical dexterity expectation that the dead didn't have. Like if you want to be a jam band now, you got to be able to play on a dime at 700 miles an hour and 26 different time signatures before people will even give you a chance. Part of what makes the dead so different is they're good but not great players and so they really only achieve liftoff when they're all having a good night and that makes them that makes them kind of curiously american and curious in general and uh, i'm a fan i'm not a crazy fan and i uh but i'm probably by far and away the biggest fan of the three of us i would is, imagine is there an infamous uh, bad show there is they played the boreal ski resort in the summer of 1985 and if you look up worst dead show ever uh -huh. they they fall apart like 35 minutes into the first set and give up and go back and try to regroup and come out and just can't they can't play anything they try like all their old like casey jones friend of the devil and they're just like falling over themselves and they give up after like 85 minutes and just okay. call it a day so that is probably the the, the famous one, yeah. awful show uh, ben, where are you on the dead? Uh, we have done this conversation before. I do not like the dead. Um, they, and uh, here's what I'll say. I, the first one, I was like, wow, that sounds really good. I like that. Then the second one I despised. And the third one I really hated a lot. Um, <laughs> Jeff did skip. There is the recorded part of it 
where they're actually kind of an Americana band. And yeah. some of those songs are great. And, you know, the four and a half minute version of Ripple or oh. uh, even the three and a half minute version of Casey Jones. I mean, those are just fantastic songs. Uh, you know, Box of Rain, I know, is one of Jeff's favorites. Um, and those are, you know, beautiful, very acoustic-y and, and super uh, influential in the Americana area. So I and they, like those that, things. Like, that's dude, like I saw, a I mean, seven month period. Good. If they're supposed to have been good in 1989, that's when I saw them. And I can report not my experience. <laughs> no, mine either. So wait, the, I mean, the, I, where, where's, uh, where's Bertha? Is, is Bertha in that seven month period? Bertha's as well? like right around that same time, 1971. Yeah. The thing about the dead is 80% of the songs they played their whole career never made it on a studio album. So you can't really like, Bertha's not on a Grateful Dead studio record. It's only on eight or nine live records right but ben's right they make working man's dead and american beauty back to back in 1970 um and those records are like just a classic like americana band and then at the same time they're playing these three and a half hour shows where a 45 minute dark star is the center of the of the spectacle they were pretty schizophrenic in that way the rest of the albums are just poorly recorded versions of the live show but those two studio records working man's dead and american beauty i agree with ben are heads and like heads and shoulders above the rest of their catalog and probably the only studio records worth even bothering to listen to all right well we have come to the end of part one hold on before we do that i want to note that they are not the favorite son what's the best-selling musical act from san francisco is it journey Got to be Journey, actually, doesn't it? Metallica, maybe. Of course, Metallica. Uh, Of course. All right. Well, as a as an apology to Metallica, uh, let's give us a a quick Metallica song to play us out of part one. Jeff Simons, you got it, man. Wake that wake them up after the dead. (laughs) That's perfect. I love battery. Oh wait, I got to get the fast part. The middle, yeah, yeah. Gary. Oh, you haven't heard anything yet. Give it, give it a couple seconds. I think this is the last pass here. Gary. All right. Hi, I'm Lessa Cadet, host of her Extraordinary Life by Design podcast, where we celebrate women who are shaping their lives one extraordinary day at a time. I speak with women from all over the world about what they do and how they are passionately pursuing their dreams and creating meaningful impacts on their communities. So come join us and learn about all there is to learn about these extraordinary women. Welcome to Ringside with Ray and Prince. My name is Ray Leonard Jr. My name is Prince Daniels Jr. Daniels again with a big hole. On this show, we come to humanize athletes, entertainers, business executives. We're going to see what makes them tick. Tuesdays, 10 a.m. Pacific time on Spotify, Apple, Amazon, and wherever you get your podcasts. We'll see you there. Peace and power. Electric acid. Electric acid.